you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hello, happy Friday. We made it to the end of another week. It's been rainy here. I'm loving it. Love the cold weather. I feel like I've been sweating for eight months. <laughs> it's just been hot, hot, hot here. So finally excited to have some cooler weather. It's baking weather, which you know is my favorite. I just made some bread. The thing about bread is, I don't know if you've ever made bread, but it will absolutely crush your soul <laughs> because it takes so long to make. So the one that I just took out of the oven last night, I started at six in the morning. So it was like a 15 hour process. Obviously I don't have to do anything during that time, but it's still like you start the dough at six in the morning, you got to shape it later in the day and then you come back to it and you let it rise again. Like it's a whole process. And if you mess up one component of that process, your loaf of bread is fucked up in some way. Like the first time I tried to make this was last weekend. And it was like the same thing. I spent like 12 hours waiting for this loaf to be ready. And then it was too cold in my house. Like the temperature matters, everything matters. So after all that time, my loaf was all messed up and I had to throw it away. And it just breaks your heart because you're so excited to see if you did it right. And it just breaks your heart. So anyway, I just did the whole thing again. And I got like a heating mat because our house is really cold. So I got a heating mat for underneath the dough while it rests. So it keeps like at the right temperature that it likes, which was my favorite purchase recently. It's been amazing. So my loaf turned out amazing. I had freshly baked sourdough bread this morning from my own hands. There's also nothing better than the feeling of like, I can make bread. Like that's amazing. And just knowing that you can like turn flour and water basically into something amazing. And it was so good. So um, that's starting the week off great. Finally made a good loaf of bread, sandwich bread. And um, what else is going on? I'm getting some stuff prepped for the Wealth Academy, getting my welcome packets sorted out. So I'm getting all my Wealth Academy stuff nailed down, sorted out, get the dates for all of the calls sorted out. So I'm working on that. For some more details, like the Wealth Academy is start to finish, like an overhaul of your finances. So if you're overwhelmed with, you don't even know where to start, you've tried budgeting before and it didn't work for you. I really pride myself on my ability to mold that program to the people that are inside of it. So if you have debt, if you are working to save for big goals, if you're saving for retirement, I can tailor that information to what you need and kind of meet you wherever you are in your finances. And we're going to be learning how to stay out of debt forever, to never put anything on a credit card again, learning how to invest and save for retirement, open all your retirement accounts and get that sorted out with learn how to save for big stuff in advance. So if you know you need a new roof in a few years, you need a new car, um, something along those lines, that's like a large purchase. And we're going to start saving for those things and create a plan for that as well. And then always I tell people, you know, a budget is not meant to be restrictive. 
for me, I see it as something that gives me freedom. It allows me to go travel. I've paid for three international trips in cash and had no guilt about it. (laughs) And I was like, see you later. I saved for this and I worked hard for this. There's nothing quite like it, right? To be able to pay for those big expenses in cash and not have to worry about them coming up in like 10 years or something. You're like, how am I going to afford that? We're going to just avoid all that and prepare for it and learn how to um, set ourselves up for success. And I have some guest masterclasses in there. I have some guest experts coming in to do home buying one-on-one. So if you are wanting to buy a home in the next few years, a lot of people get into mortgage situations that are not optimum. I will say that Um, a lot of people in houses they can't afford that don't really have a plan for if they lose their job or something like that. So we are going to get that sorted out as well and cover everything you need to know about buying a home. So it really does have everything start to finish for you to really thrive financially. So if you have questions about it, you want to know more about it, I have, um, I'll link the like information page for the Wealth Academy in the description of this episode. And of course you can find it like on my website, on my Instagram, all that stuff. So check that out as well. If you have some more questions today, I want to talk about the difference between mastery goals and performance goals. This is something that I used to call outcome-based goal versus identity goal. It also goes by these terms. So mastery goal versus performance goal. And this just came up. um, If you guys have heard of Noom, I've been doing Noom on my phone, which is like nutrition and fitness and stuff, but they also include psychology tips and things that make you really think about your eating habits or your exercise habits or how you think about your current situation. So it's been great. (laughs) I uh, recommend it to you if you've been looking for something like that. And this popped up on my, there's like little lessons for each day. So this popped up on my lessons for today. And it was discussing this exact thing, setting mastery goals versus performance goals. So a quick, just like snippet of the difference between the two is basically mastery goals are focused on increasing your competence of something. And performance goals are focused on demonstrating your skill. So an example of that would be like, I want to get an A in my Spanish class is a performance goal because it's all hinging on the fact that you get an A. What you do in between there is kind of like a means to an end. And basically you'll do whatever it takes to get to that end goal, which is an A in your Spanish class. A mastery goal would be, I would like to become fluent or conversational in Spanish And that's the goal of you taking the Spanish class. So you can see that's a very simplified example of the difference between the two. But the basic gist of it is like a performance goal ends at some point because you get to, you go through your entire Spanish class, you're doing whatever it takes to get an A plus and then it's over. Have you become more competent in Spanish? Have you become more fluent? Have you become more conversational in Spanish? Or did you kind of like do what it takes to get an A plus? whether it's like using Google Translate or whatever the kids are using. That's what I used in my French class because I was performance-based goal basically all throughout school because I was like, ah, it's you know not really that hard and I don't really have to try that hard. So I'll just do whatever I need to do to get an A+. Like now I'm like, yeah, I wish that I had taken the time to actually become conversational in French because I've always wanted to do that, but I was 
more focused on getting a good grade. So I used Google Translate and I didn't put in the effort to actually learn how to speak French. So that's backfired on me <laughs> in my travels. But that's also just like an example of something that you've probably experienced that is relatable to the most amount of people. There are people have done research on this, obviously, but they've basically found that mastery goals, like becoming fluent in a foreign language instead of getting a good grade, are more effective because whether or not you're satisfied or disappointed isn't related to anything external or like any other circumstances. And you can kind of persevere through whatever the setbacks are. In terms of finances, like let's bring this around to personal finance. If your goal is to save $10,000 and you are just like picking up side jobs here and there, but you're still using your credit card and you haven't really put together um, a budget that's going to serve you really well for your entire life because you're going to need money and you're going to need to know how to manage money for your entire life. And you get to the point that you've saved 10 grand, but you're still leaning on poor money habits or poor money mindset. It's really easy to hit that $10,000 and then you're like, okay, well now I'm basically right back where I was. If you were saving for something, that 10 grand is gone and you're basically right where you were. If instead we're focusing on, this is a lifelong thing where I want to master these set of money skills. And I want to build a really strong financial foundation for myself that I know if an emergency comes up, I'm going to be covered for. I know how to budget if my you know, income is really tight this month. If I'm on a variable income, I know exactly what I need to do to get myself through the next month and then start setting up another safety net for myself if I earn less. Saving $10,000, fantastic. That's great. Good work. However, if you want to make a lifelong change, it needs to be more of a mastery goal because the goal is to be good with money your whole life and to be resilient when bad stuff happens to you. I've told you guys, I think several times of how I've had to use my emergency fund a couple times. And it's taken me six years to get to this point where I'm like feeling comfortable with my money and feeling really confident about my system and how I think about money. But in between when I started and this point has been a lot of setbacks. It's been earning less money. It's been earning more money. It's been paying off debt in like a couple years. It's been saving money and it's never a short term process of like, oh yeah, I'm just going to save 10 grand really quick. Or, oh yeah, I'm just going to get out of debt. And that's what I try to communicate to people that I work with is this is a lifelong thing because eventually something's going to come up where you're going to have to tap into your emergency fund, where you're going to have to take a loan out for something. And you have to know that you have those skills and you have the knowledge to get through that little hump in your life and move on. If we are setting performance-based goals, this kind of, I guess, undermines long-term performance because like I just talked about, if your goal is to save 10 grand, you save 10 grand, what's next? Like your goal is over and you haven't set some sort of long-term goal for yourself. And if you hit that goal, you're kind of like less motivated to continue on the process because you're like, great, I did the thing that I said I was going to do. I saved $10,000, I got out of debt. But if you don't have anything beyond that, it's that short-term thinking that can makes us continue to play small where you're like, I only need enough money to get by. I only need to make X amount of dollars per year to, you know, make my minimum debt payments and live a life that I'm, you know, mostly comfortable with. And it makes us kind of like continue to stay in that area of scarcity. And if you don't hit that initial goal, like let's say that performance-based goal is save $10,000 and you don't hit it, what happens? <laughs> Most people get discouraged and they're kind of unmotivated again because we've based how we feel about ourselves, our self-worth on hitting that goal instead of mastering 
some set of skills that's going to serve us for the rest of our lives. So that's, let's turn it back to me using it in the context of Noom. That's usually what happens to people if they're trying to get in better shape or lose weight or eat more healthy. That's what crash diets are. (laughs) So if it's like your performance goal in the context of health is to lose 20 pounds and you lose 20 pounds by any means necessary, which is a crash diet, which is drinking fucking celery juice, which literally I'll dig my own grave before I do that. Or it's like no carbs or gluten-free or no dairy or 500 calories a day or whatever it is until you get to that 20 pounds. But then what? You haven't built up any skills or any knowledge for you to continue beyond that point. And that's why people gain all that weight back, and then they put on more weight. There are so many examples in our lives where we can point to things like fitness or health or our finances or learning in general that these types of goals apply. Making those mastery-based goals is going to make it, A, more likely that you're going to reach those goals because if your goal is just become better with my money, there's a lot of different areas where you can excel and kind of focus on that that's going to improve your overall finances, right? It means you can learn how to invest. It means you can learn how to save for retirement or how to manage your monthly budget or how to budget for groceries or how to make home cooked meals. There are so many different avenues that you can pursue where your learning is kind of never finished. It also makes you more resilient in the personal finance world in your life. Things are always coming up. You have to take your dog to the vet because it ate who knows what. Like I've literally been pulling unbelievable things out of my dog's mouth for months at this point. And I'm like, why would you put this in your mouth? (laughs) And dogs are like that. Kids are like that. They put everything in their mouths. Vet trips are expensive. Your house floods and you don't have insurance. Like things come up that are going to mentally set you back. And if you haven't built up that resilience of like, okay, my goal is to be good with money for my entire life not just save $10,000. It makes it so that you're more resilient in the face of those challenges because you know it's just another hurdle for you to get over and you have the skills and you have the knowledge to get past that thing. It also means like a mastery-based goal also means that you're kind of competing with yourself, right? You're not basing any sort of like approval or validation on somebody else or on reaching that goal. It's about improving yourself, learning those new skills and kind of progressing through your finances or learning or your fitness journey. Um, It's not about like, oh, did so-and-so say that I looked good? And it's not basing how you feel about how you're doing on other people giving you feedback or validation. As you're working through your personal finances, I want you to keep this in mind and try to set these mastery goals instead of performance goals, because the goal is to embody that type of person that you want to be. The example that I always give in my programs or when I'm working with somebody is that mastery based goal is essentially starting to see yourself as the person who does that thing. So the example I give is like my stepdad, Rich is like the fitness guy. He's been the fitness guy his entire life. He works out every morning at four in the morning. He eats healthy. It's become so ingrained in who he identifies himself as that He doesn't really, like he's built up these habits and this kind of identity around being a healthy person that no matter what, it's not going to change at this point. It's the same thing with a mastery-based goal. It's showing up and proving to yourself every day that you are setting out on this course to master personal finance, to master your health. And every day is an improvement on the skills and the knowledge that you have. So as you embody those skills, 
I tell people like, when you show up for your weekly money check-ins, every single week, you're proving to yourself that you are the person who is responsible with money that is focused on having healthy relationship with money and their finances in general. You're proving it to yourself every single week and you're embodying not just the habits, but the mentality of somebody who is that person. So that's the difference between setting your mastery goals and kind of like an arbitrary performance goal that's not going to serve you long-term. And that's what I want you to think about as you move through wherever you are in your finance journey, start thinking about how you can start embodying mastery-based goal and think about the things that you are currently focusing on that might be more performance related. So if it's like pay off $5,000 in debt. So instead of having that be like the end goal that we don't know what's going to happen after we reach that goal, maybe we can reframe it as a mastery goal of like, I would like to learn how to budget so that I can pay off my debt save money, be prepared for the future and have it be a more all-encompassing kind of goal instead of so laser focused on like pay off $5,000 of debt and then poof, all of your motivation is gone after that happens. Think about those things. If you need some more help or you need some details or you would like some brainstorming about your current goals and how you can kind of reframe those, send me a DM on Instagram and let's talk about it and figure out a way that you can turn that into something that you can more embody and embrace rather than I'm going to hit this goal and then (laughs) I'm kind of screwed. So start thinking about those things. And you haven't already, I've been really telling you guys, if you haven't listened to the holiday spending episode, make sure you do that. There is a lot of guilt and shame around the holidays. I feel like people are always stressed out and like, don't know what to do, overspending, impulse spending, like buying too many presents um, just because they feel pressure to do this, uh, to like buy presents for everybody. So I went, I did a story on my Instagram also yesterday about how I put together my holiday spending plan for people who are more visual. So I showed exactly how I do it. And I showed like my actual like on paper, how I wrote it out so that you can replicate it and start doing that for yourself. There are so many extra things that we spend on during this time of the year. There's Black Friday, um, which apparently is not even a day anymore. They're just expanding it to the whole month now because, you know, like in-person Black Friday is probably not going to happen. So I just saw a bunch of commercials how they were like, Black Friday isn't just a day anymore. Black Friday deals are all month. So there's always a reason to buy in this culture. And so putting together that plan is going to be really helpful moving forward. I know it's coming upon us fast and it will help you de-stress the whole process, figure out exactly how much money you have to spend and what you can do with that. And I also mentioned yesterday, like just being really intentional about the money that you're spending. It's your hard-earned money and it doesn't really like do anybody any good to give them a present just for the sake of giving somebody a present. So the past few years, I've really focused on like, what does this person need or what will they really, really find useful or like really cherish that I can give them? It doesn't need to be like a big expense. I can home make something for them. I can write them a meaningful card and just putting like some meaning back into giving presents instead of like, oh, I picked up this present at (laughs) my local shop and somebody might like it. Buy each present or buy each gift with some really intentional purpose and stay within your budget. Again, nobody's worth going into debt for just to buy a Christmas present. 
um, you have better things to do with your money and um, you can write them a nice card. And my last note on this is that however people react to however much money you spend them, whatever gift you get them is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. So some people talked to a couple of people yesterday. <laughs> we have the same problem. There's people in our lives where no matter what the present is, I give them, it will not be enough. It will not be the right thing. It will not be thoughtful enough. It will not be whatever expensive enough. That is their problem. That's not your problem. So if you have that situation in your life, keep that in mind. Also, make sure you put together your holiday spending plan to top off the end of this episode. The Wealth Academy is opening for enrollment and I have a free event, how to stop impulse spending and start building your wealth. So I'm going to cover like how to identify what your triggers are, why you impulse spend. And then I'm also going to cover some really easy principles of building your wealth and how to kind of like protect your money and invest it wisely in those things so that you can take the money that we're maybe not spending so wisely and put it towards future us where it's really, really going to serve us. So make sure you register for that. I will put both of those links, the link to enroll in the Wealth Academy and the link to register for the free workshop in the description for this podcast episode. Okay. So have an amazing week, you guys, and I will see you on the next episode. 